the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. Listening to the Baked in Science podcast. Welcome to Baked in Science. I'm your host, Lynn Carson, CEO of Bakerpedia, the world's largest online depository of technical baking information. Today, I will be discussing the science of tortilla baking and also go into tortilla chips because, well, why not? I love to teach chips. Now, as you know, Bakerpedia can't happen without sponsors. So today's episode is brought to you by Ingredion, a leading global ingredient solutions provider. Trying to create snacks with unique texture? Ingredion experts can help you use new clean label or modified starches, flours, pulse proteins, hydrocolloids, and more to get that just right crispness or crunch. Learn more at ingredient, that's I-N-G-R-E-D-I-O-N dot U-S backslash snacks. Hey listeners, today we have a tortilla expert. Hi, Louise. Hello, Lynn. Louise, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do here at AIB? Yes, of course. Um, I'm... um what is called a baking professional, meaning that we cover everything from um, education, consulting, uh, research, development to support the baking industry. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for our listeners who don't know too much about you, where is that accent coming from? Uh, I'm originally from Argentina, mm-hmm. um, and I've been in the States for about 30 years. So okay. I picked up accent from different places like Texas, uh, New York, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm in Kansas, so it's an average of all the accents. <laughs> but you know your flatbreads are tortillas. Oh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, between the, the baking professionals that we work together in here, mm-hmm. each one of us has a different level of expertise. And my area is uh, flatbreads. I started in the pizza industry, uh-huh. and then I evolved into everything that is a flatbread from pitas to, um, to tortillas. Uh, so. um, give an example of uh, where have you gathered your experience from? I am um, in the pizza side I work for Pizza Hut for okay. for young brands oh, okay. for many years in the international new product development side so I was um, mostly in charge of trying to duplicate the US style of pizzas all over the world so I had the opportunity to visiting 64 countries um, very uh, nice. Teaching them how to do specialty pizzas. Very nice. And um, oh, how is it different from a pizza to a flatbread to tortilla? Um, it's, it's mostly the process that we make it, but it's, uh, you, we identify different flatbreads more with ethnic different foods. We identified pizzas mostly with Italian heritage. Right. Um, pizzas, pizzas and rotis and all those are more associated with Middle Eastern. And tortillas is more associated with Mexican. Okay. So um, they are all thin. They are all flatbreads, but they are more linked to different uh, ethnic ethnic origins. That's true. Um, how is the clean label movement affecting 
tortilla and flatbread products. They're, um, they're the, pretty clean in the first place, right? Oh, the tortilla, you can make tortillas with five ingredients. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can commercialize it with That's only the, those five ingredients. Uh, because tortilla is a staple from the Mexican, Mexican families. They do it at home and you use um, water, flour, fat, um, salt and maybe some baking powder. So you can mm -hmm. make a tortilla with those of five. The, the problem is how you commercialize it. And all the rest of the ingredients that we've been adding have been to extend the shelf life That's or true. to make it more easy to commercialize. The, the normal shelf... For example, what is what kind of ingredient do you use that uh, commercialize tortilla that is yeah. not like part of the clean label movement? Uh, uh, let's start backwards. Mm -hmm. If you make just a tortilla with those five ingredients, mm -hmm. in three days, you cannot eat it anymore. So whatever we are adding is going to be to maintain the flexibility mm -hmm. and prevent the contamination from molds from That's a longer true. time. Yeah. So you need some kind of a dough softener mm -hmm. and uh, the most commonly used in the past was uh, L-cysteine. Mm -hmm. L-cysteine is because it's from animal origin, mm -hmm. it's not anymore part of the clean label, so we, we had to eliminate that and okay. look for something still natural, still organic, that you could use to replace it. Yeah. Same with the preservatives to extend the shelf life. We used to use um, calcium propionate, that is the most typical preservatives, mm -hmm. but that is not part of a clean label anymore, so we need to find other ways to uh, preserve and extend the shelf life of the products. So back to your comment on L-cysteine not being clean label because it's often on animal origin, is there a general perception that L-cysteine is like totally on its way out? Or if I said that I can give you a vegetarian source of L-cysteine that you as a baker would still consider using it? Uh, there are. We, we are using replacements mm -hmm. that, are, that are natural mm -hmm. to replace the L-cysteine. But no, L-cysteine from vegetarian sources. Uh, I think that... Uh, yeah. All people just like not uh, wanting l I would say that... Um, and, and, and remember that clean label is not regulated. Clean label has been um, uh, influenced by commercial buyers, uh, big, big groups like, um, I would say, Whole Foods right. or Natural so Grocers. So they have the right to say, we don't want that. They have their own rules. Yeah. So, uh, and it's not <laughs> that, that is, it's not that a, the product is, is, um, uh, is damaging to your health or anything else. They decided that that product has to be banned from everything. That's true. So you need to comply with yeah, that. You so you choice. you need our, our only option is to find other type of dough relaxers that are based in other components that are not uh, forbidden like the L-cysteine. Right. So in that case what would you replace uh, it You with? could use um, soy lecithin. Mm. Uh, or sunflower lecithin, okay. or you can use uh, inactive dry yeast. Okay. Inactive yeast has a component that has uh, a similar effect in your product, similar to um, to L-cysteine. Okay. But uh, th those products are trying to be uh, most of the, the manufacturers that want to sell to natural grocers or Whole Foods need to find the replacement for the L-cysteine. Yeah. Same happening is happening with the preservatives. Yeah. Uh, we need to eliminate the um, 
the calcium propionate. Mm -hmm. So we are looking for natural ways of doing it, like lowering the pH, uh, adding natural acids like um, like vinegar or other things yeah. that would or, or sorbic um, is also something that natural people are really? not wanting. Yeah, okay. um, uh, but you can have. Um, uh, you can add ascorbic acid that is vitamin C, but it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same. It's an antioxidant, but yeah. it doesn't have the same the same effects. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, it's influencing um, the decision of what ingredients to use, uh, but it's still a niche. Um, Ninety-five percent of the products that we are selling are still using. Um, really, yeah. calcium propionate. Uh, most oh, of the products that you see commercialized, because because this is the deal. They um, tortillas for common use have become a commodity, and a commodity oh. has to have a very extended shelf life. That's true. So you can find now some products that you can leave at ambient for six months and the product is still fine. The key is you need to add a lot of additives to get to that point. That's true. That uh, uh, there are some customers that are coming to us saying, I want a six month shelf life, but at the same time, I want a clean label. Okay. And that is very, very hard to put together. It's, it's restrictive. It's very, very restrictive. <laughs> uh, so you need to think out of the box, but right. the box is getting so much smaller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so as a baker, um, what do you look at when you're trying to quantify the quality of tortilla? Um, What's a good qual quality I of I see tortilla? myself as a, as a customer. Right, so right. what we am going to use the tortilla for? Normally, um, um, corn tortillas are mostly used for chips and frying and very oh, soft products. Yeah, yeah. But um, flour tortillas are mostly used to wrap things around it. So the, the uh, critical quality conditions are different. Uh, on a flour tortilla, I look for flexibility and extensibility, meaning that I can fill it up with one pound of ingredients and still the tortilla should be able to hold them together. Mm -hmm. on a, uh, so I want a tortilla that remains flexible for a long time that has a neutral taste and is a, and uh, is not contaminated. It doesn't have any molds in the surface or so. Okay. So a good quality tortilla for me will depend on how I want to use it. Has that got anything to do, like the rollability and the flexibility of tortilla, has that got anything to do with the methods or ingredients used? They, um, they, is mostly related to the ingredients you are using mm -hmm. more than the manufacturing method. Uh, the, the technology to oh, okay. make tortillas has not changed. Really? <laughs> no, it has not changed. It's the same way. Well, pretty straightforward then. Uh, it's the same way that they, 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 uh, the people used to do it at home at, at a larger scale. Mm -hmm. um, a, uh, the, what it has changed is the ingredients that we use. Mm -hmm. So when you add a dough softener, you guarantee that the product is going to be more extensible yeah. and more flexible for a longer time. Right. Um, I know you talked about L-cysteine. Would anything else work, like maybe modified starch or enzymes? Uh, enzymes could work, uh, but mostly we use um, 
um, inactive yeast okay. that is a source of glutathione. Okay. So an inactive yeast mixed with your product would make your product more flexible and easy Rollable. to stretch. Right. Easy to stretch in the press. Oh, I see. All, all directions. Uh, otherwise, uh, when you don't add anything, the tortilla will be smaller and will have the tendency to snap back and reduce in size. So yes, there are um, like uh, inactive yeast or or soy or lecithins will help making the the product softer for a longer time. Great, great. Um, since you're so involved in this uh, tortilla and flatbread field, what do you feel is the future of tortillas? The, uh, the interesting thing about flour, th- there is very little research done in corn tortillas. Corn tortillas have remained, have yeah. remained very, uh, very close to being a staple from Mexican food. That's true. But uh, flour tortillas have crossed over all kinds of ethnic foods. We, you, we see it in Indian food, we see it in Middle Eastern food, we see it in catering as, as roll-ups, and uh, so I see the future of this as um, going into the market of um, specialties, uh, oh, for catering, yeah. you ca- for flavors, for going into all different applications. Well, I like that flavor one. That's I've I, not I have seen that before. I yeah, have I've seen, seen that, but not. Listen, I have seen Italian food made with tortillas. Like think about the um, manicotti or yeah, some type of a some type right. of a, um, a cannelloni. So the, instead of using uh, or even a lasagna, instead of using uh, noodles, I have seen these being made with tortillas. Wow! So it and I have seen desserts being made with tortillas. I think that. Um, Still, ninety percent chocolate tortilla. Chocolate tortilla. I haven't seen that. We make. We have a. uh, (laughs) We have a uh, a tortilla seminar every March. In which we teach how to make cinnamon tortillas, chocolate tortillas, and those could be used for desserts. Yeah. Even though Mexican desserts are not using these. We can offer certain tortillas Correct. that Just could be fusion, used. Fusion you could use it for yeah. savory products and you can use it for sweet products. The other thing that is coming very strong, of course, is whatever is uh, gluten-free. Yeah. Um, gluten-free... I was uh, just going to ask you next. Um, <laughs> seems like the market is responding to gluten-free and whole wheat, huh? It, uh, gluten-free, is, is, uh, it has a medical reason. Uh, 3% of the population of the U.S. is celiac, so they are looking for um, replacement of all the typical breads with gluten-free breads. Correct. Corn tortillas are naturally gluten-free because corn doesn't have um, any gluten in it. However, people want still to have the typical white flour tortillas also made gluten-free. Yeah, make a Uh, laugh out of it. And it's a big challenge because the gluten is what makes the tortilla flexible and However, we have several companies that have worked with us and they have developed gluten-free alternatives using um, gums, fibers, and modified starches and proteins proteins from vegetable origin right. coming or from uh, or from fibers or from pulse using uh, beans different type of beans so the same uh, substitution for gluten free bread is happening in exactly the same yes. the big key is is much easier to make a bread with gluten free ingredients because it's, it's 
static. But yeah. a tortilla needs to be flexible and foldable. <laughs> and going for flexibility and foldability with gluten-free ingredients is much different. That's true. But yes, we have obtained, yeah. we, we have several um, products that you could use and they are, um, they are complying with all the gluten-free requirements. That's neat. So yeah. they can, our listeners can reach out to you to develop a gluten-free tortilla. We can well. do that. Okay. We can do that. And we teach how to make gluten-free tortillas also in our seminars. Okay. Um, when, when is your next seminar? The seminar is uh, normally in March okay. every year. It's yeah. a four-day. Yeah. And we do, we teach uh, flour and corn tortillas. Okay. And to our listeners, we are going to add a link to that class in our show notes below. So if you have any more questions, um, it's great to hit AIB up and ask Luis for a uh, solution to your problems. If not, send your team over and um, have everyone come down to AIB in Manhattan in March. All right. Well, thanks, Luis. You're very welcome. Hey, did you know you can boost functionality and flavor in your tortillas with Benegrain sprouted whole wheat from Bay State Milling? Through carefully controlled germination, enzymatic activity is increased, which could reduce the need for dough conditioners and improve tortilla flexibility. For more information, visit baystatemilling.com or call 800-553-5687. Hi, Dilek. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I wanted you to come on so that you can help me understand the science behind tortilla chips. Sure. Uh, Dilek, can you tell our listeners what do you do at Ingredient? Sure. Uh, I'm a senior business scientist and team leader at Ingredion Incorporated. I am a food engineer by degree and have a PhD in food science. And I have been working at Ingredion like more than 10 years now. And what I do is that I do work uh, in application development, you know, understanding how we can use ingredients successfully in different applications, but I mean by ingredients like starches, gluten-free flours, proteins, uh, gums, etc. in different applications. And my focus is specifically bakery and snack applications. Great. So you are, sounds to me like you are a cereal scientist. So, <laughs> right? We can go right down to the nitty-gritty of how particular things functions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you know, yeah. what, what's the what's the functionality of starches in dough formation? Well, I mean, especially in dough formation, what how we use the starches uh, is is very interesting indeed. Specifically, mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you examples. Right in applications like um, uh, like tortilla chips or potato chips or crackers, you can use the starches uh, to help with the dough formation because what they do is that especially uh, not like a regular starch, but Pre-cooked. What we do is that we do have a technology which will pre-cook the starch, so it will indeed provide some instant viscosity uh, to the starch, and it's especially it will help the starch to hold water. So in formulations like potato chips, tortilla chips, gluten-free crackers, chips, etc., you use the starch to really help to bind all the ingredients together, so that you can form a dough, and then you will be able to then sheet the product nicely in a. Pro- production line 
So for yeah. people who don't understand what pre-cooked mm-hmm. starch is, can mm-hmm. you, you know, just mm-hmm. touch the surface on what happens when you cook starch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, start, what happens is when we cook the starch, so this is a process we do on the starch, what happens is when you put starch in a solution, it will not provide any viscosity, right? What you have to do is that you need to heat the starch to indeed uh, to gelatinize the starch so that starch granules can swollen and then indeed provide some viscosity. So, right? so what we do is that with the pre-cooked starches, we do that process, right? And then right. at the end of today, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what happens when it gelatinizes? What happens when it gelatinizes, basically, uh, what happens is uh, you have, like, uh, the starch absorbing, uh, providing viscosity, Mm -hmm. right, providing thickness, providing gelling, and providing also a, a... like good system so you can prepare sauces you can thicken your sauces you can um, like in in those like you can really set the texture and the structure right so for a starch to be functional it needs to gelatinize correct correct? yes yes so after a gelatinize it's kind of like what you call pre-cooked and then it will have some functionality in the dough Correct. Yeah. So in that aspect, how does it help provide the sheetability of something like a tortilla chip? Correct. So in the tortilla chips, for example, uh, let's say if you are using a masa flour, right? So it is already cooked, right? Uh-huh. Indeed, uh, you need that to be cooked because if not, uh, because it doesn't have the gluten, it's not going to form a dough, right? It doesn't Correct. have value. When you add water, it will not uh, form a dough, which is a sheetable dough because you need gluten to do that, right? Right. So with the starches, what you do is that, especially in formulations where the there is no gluten. So what we'll do is that starch will actually kind of act like a gluten in those formulations, right? Not necessarily say gluten, but it will absorb the water, mm-hmm. right? And then it will help to dough to form. And mm-hmm. then it will help, uh, let's take potato chips, right? Uh, or maybe crotilla chips where you are not using a uh, cooked masa, it will help to form the dough by binding the ingredients together. So it is more like less, more or less as a binding agent oh, by holding cool. to the water in the formula. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, and can I ask, how do starches provide texture in snacks? Why do we need to add them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we talked about dough formation, we talked about sheetability, and then in addition to that, uh, by using different starches, we can get different textures and expansions in the finished products, right? Let's say if you are using a, a corn starch versus you are using a tapioca starch, you can get your textures very crispy to a crunchy texture, right, that consumer uh, may prefer, uh, and how it does indeed helps to the texture, like because uh, as you are using the starches in the formula, you are getting certain dough characteristics, and then based on that certain dough characteristic, the strength of the dough, the softness of the dough, with different starches, you can create different softness and strength. And then indeed, that will help you during the process, baking and drying to set a different texture, different structure, etc., which will indeed enhance the texture 
uh, to different uh, points, like it might be a crispy or a crunchy product at the end. Very cool. Um, and also the expansion tooling, right? As I mentioned, so by using starches, for example, in tortilla chips or crackers or potato chips, we can indeed uh, increase the stack height, the thickness in every chip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and by delivering additional expansion to the product. That's so neat, yeah. Um, now, the starches provide a certain crisp or crunch tone mm -hmm. to the product. I mean, if you add Correct. more starch, does it crisp more or crunch more? That's just D Depending on what the starch me. is. Well, oh, really? Yeah, depending on what the starch is. Well, for yeah. example, what, what, can you give me Yeah, for example, usually like the corn, like waxy corn, but so we do have coaxy corn, for example, which doesn't have any amylose. And most of the time, these waxy corn starches will provide a very crispy, expanded texture. Oh. Uh, while, for example, you use some, something like tapioca, uh, starch it, it will provide more it, it has amylose some amylose and it will provide some hard texture oh. in the final product which is more like crunchy texture yeah a harder bite you will have a higher volume higher pitch uh, when you really eat the product or you can use for example potato starches and they usually tend to give a very crispy and melt away texture so all the starches behave differently in terms of the final product texture so, and just to yeah. sidestep a little bit, can we yeah. use all those different starches to mm -hmm. make like crackers or cookies more crispy or crunchy? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that is so neat. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, so mm -hmm. in that aspect too, right, um, uh, can starches being such a large molecule help stop breakage or, uh, or you know, reduce the breakage into tortilla chips mm -hmm. and other snacks? Yeah. Yeah, as I mentioned uh, previously, yes, the answer is yes, because as I mentioned, uh, really starches help with the dough and the properties of the dough, right? Yep. By using indeed uh, starches by changing their particle size, as I said, changing the variety from corn to tapioca, you indeed uh, strand the dough. And then as you strand the dough, what happens is after baking and also like kind of uh, help you to really um, the moisture, right? To keeping the moisture uh, constant uh, within the formula during the uh, sheeting as well. So what happens is at the end of the day, so for example, by using some starches, you can indeed reduce the breakage in your process, in your packaging and things like that. And one of the reasons of the breakage, as you know, what happens is, I mean, if you think about the process, right? I'm going to talk about baked snacks, right? where you see a lot of breakage like baked tortillas and things right. like that so you do uh, after the sheeting process your product goes to a baking process which is very high temperature very short time and then and you do that to set the structure you do that to get the color and after that process you go to a drying step where it is a lower temperature longer time process and during that process actually if in specific like a one uh, cracker or a chip if you don't have your moisture distributed equally, you will start getting some checking, right? If the right. drying process is not done right or the mixing oh. was not done. Okay. So what will happen is those checking at the end of the, uh, you know, packaging or during seasoning, your cracker or your chip will break. Oh, right? okay. um, 
So by using starches, we can we can help with that. Yeah. Uh, stop stop the the yeah. initial mm -hmm. cracks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you just had it down to a science. That's so awesome. Um, another question is, how can starch texturizers help in non-traditional type of snacks that are not only corn-based? For example, you know, you see a lot of snacks now made with ancient grains, pulses, or added protein. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely a challenge. Like, let's talk about high protein, right? Especially mm -hmm. with the high protein snacks. Like, you know, one of the issues that uh, you can get high protein in the snack, but your your texture probably will be very hard. The processing will be really challenging. So, as I mentioned, uh, you know, especially when it comes to processing, you can uh, you need something to hold the dough together. So, pre-cooked starches, as I mentioned before, will help with that. Sometimes you can also use pre-cooked flowers too to help with that which will hold on to the moisture which will help which will create a dough and then you can easily ship the product right and then finally the texture uh, as i mentioned most of the high protein crackers will have a harder texture if you don't use a texturizer so we use starches to really expand the texture yeah, uh, to, to make it crispier to make it more airy yep so to help with the texture too. So again, similarly, some of those pulses, the ancient grains, mm -hmm. uh, like non-traditional products as well. Uh, uh, again, similarly, uh, you use the pre-cooked starches to really help with the dough formation because they will not do it by themselves because uh, if they are not cooked already. So you use starches to help really with the dough formation, with the sheeting, again, with the final texture too. So you can get different textures. Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, the other day I saw um, cricket protein sold at the store and I was wondering, hmm, can you make into like mm -hmm. a, a cricket, cricket cracker or something like that? I, I think a cricket cr yeah. cracker is going to be really crunchy <laughs> and tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, can, so you think you can starch in that thing to make it crispier? Yeah, yeah. Probably we. I'm. I'm just thinking. Probably we can use some. Uh, uh, some of pre-cooked like potato starches to help with that to make it more melt away and then make it more crispy. Yeah. yeah so, and if true. you wanna, if you wanna, you know, decrease the breakage. Let's say there is some breakage problem. Then we can use some of uh, like. Uh, pre-cooked waxy corn or tapioca starches so th th it's also an option limb sometimes we will work such a way that yes you we want the product to be crispy but at mm -hmm. the same time we don't want it to break so right. we can combine different starches together as well yeah got it mm -hmm. to get to it. to uh, to fit to the two purposes basically can i ask um for ingredient what do your toolbox of solutions and your capabilities, how can they help CPG companies innovate in the snack space? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Like, I mean, uh, so basically what, what, uh, what we do is that, like, I mean, uh, and how we work is that usually um, most of the CPG companies will come to us with certain texture challenges, right? And then they will say, you know, th th this is this product in the market. Like I, I really uh, need to uh, consider launching a product with this certain texture. So, uh -huh. and, and as I said, we do have the toolbox of ingredients, as I said, from waxy corns to tapiocas to potato starches. And we really need know how to dive in the right texture for them 
right? And then also while we are doing that, we will use a lot of like descriptive sensory analysis with our oh, okay. uh, yeah with our panel. So we have a trained panel on site. So we will help with them uh, to really define the texture by using descriptive sensory analysis. And then again, using the right ingredients to dial in the texture they want in their benchmark, whatever they have in mind. So, so and then it really will speed up that process. And also we can work with them in our labs, in our pilot plans as well to get the formula to the point that it is ready to go at least for a pilot plan trial. Yes. So uh, back to the process of, of that uh, um, research mm-hmm. tool again. Do they get to taste? Do your customers get to taste the product first before it goes to the descriptive panel, or does it go to the descriptive panel first before it goes to the customer? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do both. Like, I mean, there, there are some cases like we will taste the product. If we are happy, then we will take it further to the descriptive sensory. Oh, okay. Do the other way around too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was thinking with yeah. mm-hmm. with the customer being more picky, usually mm-hmm. it goes to them first, and yeah. you know, if if you guys can't figure it out, then it goes back to the descriptive panel until you can figure it out. You know, I've yeah. been yeah. part of that process for many times, <laughs> and it could be really frustrating when it comes to descriptive panels. You know. Mm. So sometimes you can never get the exact same cobweb, you know, analysis, but close is close, close is good enough, right? So, you know, that process itself is so expensive and so valuable um, Mm -hmm. to your customers. Um, It's just, you know, good to know that you're offering that. It's it's Mm -hmm. a very difficult process in terms of R&D. Yeah, and then lately also, I mean, we are doing, uh, of course, we have experts like uh, our sensory team. uh, They are well occupied. They do descriptive sensory. They do also consumer testing as well. Uh, uh, But we are using our internal employees to do that, but they will be the experts who can talk to you more about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What do you what do you think um, consumers are looking for in the snack tortilla chip space? Is it clean labels, non-GMO, added nutrition? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, non-GMO is really definitely coming up, as you know. And allergy, like when we look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the claims coming up, you see a lot of allergen, like claims that's off the top. And then you have gluten-free, you have non-GMO, you have uh, also... Um, you know, protein, wellness, uh, specifically around the protein, it's coming up a lot. Yeah, so I will say those are uh, probably the top, top, top things right now that we do see. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming by today and answering all the questions I have for you. Like- okay. Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I would like to thank Ingredion for co-sponsoring this episode. Imagine a perfectly crisp chip or a cracker with a truly satisfying crunch. Now, you can make those snacks a reality with breakthrough texturizers from the experts at Ingredion Idea Labs Innovation Centers. Not only do Precisa Crisp Texturizers help you create great crispness or crunch, they also improve dough cohesiveness and sheetability, reducing breakage and helping you save money. Get a sample of Precisa Crisp Texturizers today by calling Ingredient. Call them at 800 713 
0208. One last thing before we end. Please like, comment, and subscribe to Baked in Science. Till the next episode, Tortilla Bakers, don't crack under pressure! <laughs>